Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored that you have made the wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our local business owners, small business owners. We have our entrepreneurial business owners. We have our business and marketing coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the people who get hands-on and help you create your business. And for those of you who like to be hands-on yourself and do the work yourself, we got a ton of information for you, too. In fact, we have had interviews on do-it-yourselfers and how to do that effectively while still maintaining your entrepreneurial leverage. It's possible if that's the way you want to go. Everything's possible. Therefore, I encourage you to go to our network, such as iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. You're going to get over 250 episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators today. Plus, you'll get fresh content every week. Plus, every five-star rating helps us serve more business creators just like you. All right. So, it's going to be a very interesting interview here today. One of our esteemed Business Creators Radio Show Veterans is back. My good friend Tony Robleski, who I've known for well over five years at this point. He and I originally met through a mastermind, and I had the privilege of speaking at the 2014 Mind Capture Boot Camp in Las Vegas. It was one of the first major speaking gigs I ever did, so I will forever have that gratitude to Tony for giving me that opportunity. It led me to so many other opportunities just based on who I met in the room. So, If you go back to some of my teachings on the new media, think about who your audience really is and what it is you really want to show them. I was showing them great information, but I was showing them something else. The message got through. So bear that in mind that you can have more than one purpose for your communications, especially when you become a trailblazer like Tony. And let me tell you a little bit about Tony's uh, book here. It's called Trailblazers, Leadership Lessons from 12 Pioneers Who Beat the Odds and Influence Millions. It just hit the shelves the other day, I believe. He's got the co-CEO and chairman of Remax, a gentleman named Dave Linger, who, or Linager, rather, I apologize for that, who read the foreword. So I'm very excited to have my copy in my hands, and I'm going to be reading through that just a little bit later on today. I just got it in the mail today. So this book just came out. It's very fresh. And a little bit about Tony. He's currently the president of Mind Capture Group. His message is designed to help people capture more minds and profits. He's an in-demand speaker who's given hundreds of presentations in the past decade. He's a strategic business coach and global event promoter with over 20-plus years of experience in the personal development industry. Tony's work has been featured in various media outlets ranging from Toastmasters Magazine, the Detroit Free Press, the Fox TV Network, ABC, the CNN Radio, NPR, and Entrepreneur Magazine Radio. That is the complete spectrum, folks. In addition, he is a 1994 graduate of Western Michigan University, and he's also served as a faculty member with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Tony Robleski, come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, hey, good to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you for having me back. What an honor, and we're going to have some fun. Oh, yes, we are. Now, some of our listeners may have a separate browser tab open right now, and they're using Google, or they're using Bing, or Yahoo, or DuckDuckGo, or whatever their search engine of choice is, and they're asking, who is this Tony Rubleski? What is this mind capture group? So what I'd like to do is just sort of take a step back and discover more about your personal journey and what's brought you to where you are serving business creators from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion as trailblazers. 
Well, Adam, it's a heck of a question to start with, so thank you. Um, age of 19, I walked into a Barnes & Noble and saw a book called Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, and it grabbed my attention. Maybe it's because we're both named Tony, and I devoured it. And at the same time, I was off on summer break from university. When I came back that second year of college, my mind was expanded. I had a tough time listening to theoretical uh, instructors and teachers, and I had many good professors, don't get me wrong, but many of them I just thought, something's not right here. This is too academic, too, too, uh, t 20 years ago. I need people that are out there doing it, that are entrepreneurial. So I was literally learning from 19 years old the university system for your college plan, and I was also learning personal development at night. And it was such a quantum shift, I'm grateful that day I walked into Barnes & Noble to discover this other world. Now, Adam, that was 27 years ago. I'm 46 now. And I look at how much has changed right. the last 15, 20 years alone with the Internet. Everyone's got a phone, the third window they call it in the tech space. And that phone opens the world, the entire global library called the Internet. You can get YouTube, Hulu, videos, podcasts like your show. There's so much great information available now at point-and-click instant demand that it's a different world. People can learn on the spot. They can Google search. So what a refreshing evolution of knowledge. The borders have come down. The knowledge is there. It's up to you to see how curious you want to be to go down the rabbit hole. So, so much has changed, but the quest for knowledge at the age of 19 never stopped. And I often say this. Tony Robbins says that success leaves clues. Spot on. I say that what we're going to talk about today, the book Trailblazers, these people I've interviewed, the success that he talks about, my new book shows the clues and it shows you how to find them. So I want to give Tony a lot of credit for being one of my original mentors and there's lots of great teachers. These trailblazers, however, constantly give us lessons as well on the wheel of life. Right. And we have so much you're going to share with us today. So let's dive right in. That's fantastic. And I know you, I've heard that story from you before, the many times we've met in person. It's been inspirational to me. And just like Tony Robbins was the Tony who inspired you, uh, to a degree, Tony Robleski is the Tony who inspired Adam Homie. So well, I thank you, sir. I'm honored. And I... And, I, and I, I swear by that. I've discovered so much in the area of communications and human relations from you and the whole concept of mind capture. And there's something you alluded to in your story, and this is something that I speak about all the time. With social media, instant media, new media, streaming media, what we have seen is a democratization of the flow of information. It's now, we're now in a situation where a few major bodies with power cannot – stop information, facts, opinions, and takes on things from getting out the way they could do maybe 10 or 20 years ago. This has been both good and bad. On the good side, we're discovering a lot of stuff that, wow, somebody had not been able to show us. There's no way we would have believed it. On the other hand, you know what they say about opinions? They're like noses. Everybody's got one. doesn't mean it blows. <laughs> or maybe it means it blows. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. So, uh, so in this age of social media involving high-level leaders and celebrities, we see so much of this, particularly in the past three years, what did these 12 unique leaders you selected for the Trailblazer interviews do to follow their passion despite heavy criticism to achieve success and positively influence millions of people, like Tony Robbins, for instance? Well, Adam, you've got an advanced copy of the book. There's seven key characteristics that I, I kept coming back to. What are the core commonalities? Inductive reasoning says what are the patterns? I always like to find successful clues like Tony taught me. So here, there's seven in the book. Let me give you the first one I think is very, very relevant, is they have, number one, intense curiosity. 
they're like a small child that just is never satisfied from the angle of, why is it this way? Okay, great. Well, why did you do it that way? Why didn't we try it this way? If you look at the core question a child asks why, that one word yields much power. The challenge is as we get older, we become creatures of habit. That's not a bad thing. The shift comes where if you get too comfortable and you stop learning and you lose the childlike curiosity. Dave Linegar, you mentioned him in the introduction, the co-founder of Remax. Everybody has probably seen the logo, the balloon. One of the top ten brands in the world is the Remax logo. But Dave Linegar, when I've interviewed him several times on stage and met him at events that I've hosted and, and on the phone, still acts like a little kid. Now, I don't know his exact age. I'm going to guess Dave's in his 70s now, okay? But he's read Think and Grow Rich, the classic work in our industry, 40 or 50 times. He watches motivational videos every day. I know this, Adam, because his vice president CEOs tell me this. Like, oh, yeah, Dave is watching Les Brown the other day. He's, you know, brought Darren Hardy in. He listens to Tony Robbins. He rereads Think and Grow Rich every year. That, to me, tells me I need to step my game up, not out of fear, not out of competition or rivalry, but if you've got a guy that's worth probably hundreds of millions of dollars, has created a global brand, has thousands of people that work for him, and is publicly traded, that tells me the guy is relentlessly wanting to be curious and keep growing. And that's inspiring because you would think he could just stop growing, but he's acting like a little kid, continually questing for knowledge. But more importantly, he takes it out and he shares it with his team. There's the difference. Trailblazers love to give, and they also work very hard on themselves. Yeah, and I think those are two really great traits. And as far as Think and Grow Rich, I've been on a lot of speaking panels as of late, and typically it's a roundtable-type discussion where we're given a series of questions we're going to answer for the audience. And a fairly common question that we get asked is, what book do you find was most influential in your journey? And then we're given the instructions, you cannot say Think and Grow Rich. We've all read it. <laughs> That's a good point. Adam, here's the, here's the difference, though. How many actually implemented some of the, the principles? That's the real, that's the why question. Well, okay, if you've read it, why have you not implemented some of these things that Hill says clearly? And again, Hill was the great aggregator of knowledge back pre-internet. He interviewed the 500 people. He also interviewed what most people don't know, thousands of people that weren't successful. And he learned what not to do. That's highly instructive. Because everyone's like, you know, it's rah, rah, rah. Everything's perfect. No, it's not. Count on failing often. These trailblazers, you've read the advanced copy and just got the new version of it, they have failed so many times that the average person would go, there's no way. They'd walk around in disbelief like, I can't believe you went bankrupt. I can't believe you went through three marriages. And all of a sudden, 20 years later, you made it, I would have quit at the fifth year. Well, if you really believe and you're really driven and you have a lot of good open-minded curiosity and you keep evolving, and, 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 and John Maxwell calls it failing forward, Adam, um, if you could fail forward without you know, getting slowed down too much and look in the river mirror, you have a higher chance of hitting your goal. But it's not going to come easy. And if it comes easy, the real question is, can you sustain it for the long haul? That, to me, is another yeah. trait. If it's a, a powerful idea, product, or service, it keeps evolving with the changing market and the changing thought processes. I think there's something about trailblazers and how they deal with imperfections. Let me give you an example. One of the times that you and I met in person, it was a meeting at the Slice of Vegas Pizza Restaurant in the shops at Mandalay Bay, one of my favorite places to go for pizza on a rare occasion. I remember that very well. Yep. This was right around May, June 2014. I was in the middle of a startup that I was working on with a friend of ours who I actually met when I spoke at your Mind Capture Boot Camp, going back to what I said earlier. And I was telling you that I was in the process 
of going through an incredibly nasty, like, drag down and dirty breakup. And I had this concern of, oh, what if people find out that uh, I had this type of breakup? What if people find out that I dealt with it by shipping her stuff back and blocking her? What if people find out that she's still talking shit about me a year from now? And I told the whole story <laughs> I more to it than that. And, and you said, you, you just, I, I remember, you gave me this look directly in the eye, and you said, pal, welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Adam. in itself made me think, wow. Yeah, I mean, what happened is life came crashing in. Sometimes it's by our choice, or sometimes it's people around us choose to crash into us. And we have to take responsibility on both sides. It's not a blame game. There's always growth on both sides during a relationship breakup, a business partnership that goes south. And if you've been around 25, 30 years on the planet, you're probably going to have some relationships that break up. And um, right. I've been fortunate that, you know, time has taught me wisdom. But, boy, I tell you what, going through Adam was tough. And that's why I look at books and audios and interviewing these people. They're witnessing to me how they made it through. I call it, they're like 20 or 30 years ahead of me. And I say, look, here's a little playbook of what I wish I could have told myself when I was your age. And that wisdom is priceless. And many of them will give it to you freely if you come from an open-minded, curious perspective. If you're saying, look, I really want to change, many times they will throw wisdom at you that is priceless because you have the right mindset. You're not asking for a handout. You're saying, look, I just need to help up. And what happens, Adam, was beautiful. We've already talked about this, is it comes full circle where you pay it forward. I didn't know I had that much influence on you because we're friends until you just said that. So I'm sitting there going, wow, you just never know the life you could change by your wisdom, your message, um, your your direction, your attitude and thought process, because people have helped you, Adam. Now you're helping other people that are your clients and that listen to your show. Right. And um, it's just a beautiful process to watch life work full circle. I agree. Now, let's uh, go back a little bit more to the development of the Trailblazers book. Is You selected a very diverse group of Trailblazers. You've already mentioned a couple of the names. I know Tony Robbins is one of them. I believe Dan Kennedy was another. And, and you interviewed them to feature in the book. And they range from religion, sports, to business, and the media. So what was your criteria for choosing these 12 people from over 10 years of interviews? Well, it was very difficult. It's a powerful question. Um, I would have to say that... You know, some of the interviews were my personal favorites. So they were kind of like, you know, three or four were in automatically because I thought, wow, these are ones that deeply touched me. Absolutely, they fit the criteria, the seven characteristics, they align. But it was difficult. It was very hard because I've interviewed 100-plus people at that point when we originally wrote the first version of the book. And I had big names that did not make it in the book, Adam. I mean, as far as celebrity, they're known in the public eye, that did not make the cut. Not because they weren't great interviews. I just didn't have enough space. So I wanted to right. deliberately also include some people that were not conventional. Uh, W.M. Paul Young, he wrote a book called The Shack. It's a book about God. Hello, I speak to business groups. I'm talking about a, a book about God and religion. That might tick a few people off. But you know what? I'm okay with that. If they get too offended, they're not a good fit for me. And that's okay. There's a big planet. There's plenty of people that say, hey, you know what? Um, we're in the age where people are adults. And they can look at religion and family and they, what they want to do politically that's calling being authentic. People want authenticity, but I'm not afraid to put someone that talks about God in my book. You know, some of the other trailblazers, one that we both know, uh, Brad Zalas, was my, my bonus trailblazer. Yeah. I'll, I'll, tip, I'll reveal the audience here. There are 12 trailblazers featured. There is a 13th chapter, 
or a 13th Trailblazer. His name is Brad Zalas. And his work yeah. struck out so loudly and clearly to me that he was so far ahead of the curve that two years ago, you and I know the story, but for audience, Tony Robbins sought Brad out and said, Brad, uh, we want to interview you because you're on to something. I didn't know eight years earlier I'd meet Brad through a friend and read Liquid Leadership Manuscript and go, oh, my gosh, he has seen the future and write the forward to his book. I knew Brad had the talent, the resume, and the character. I didn't know that many years later Tony Robbins would say, all right, who is this guy? So I put some names that maybe aren't his household yet, but um, I look at everybody on this call. Please note this down if you're, if you're listening or be careful if you're driving. Everyone on the planet is a trailblazer. There's different degrees. I call it leadership. I call it trailblazers. And every human, and I've met people that aren't in the book, that I haven't interviewed, that inspire me. But we forget these things. Again, Tony Robbins says success leaves clues. I say this book helps to show you how to find them because it's not just me. These are these 13 people that just have these same threads of success or characteristics that we can learn from that we, many of us use, Adam. You've read the list. A lot of this is common yeah. sense. But we forget it because we're in an age that's sped up. There's too much information. There's not enough time. We're on information overload. That was my second mind capture book, How to Stand Out in the Age of Information Overload. And it's gotten worse. You know, this is book four over a 13-year period here of writing. And the speed of the game, the amount of data overwhelm has just, I wouldn't even say tripled. It's, I don't know if it's such, you know, data to the hundredth power. We are buried in information now. How do you sort through to find the nuggets of gold? That's another reason why the book was written. That's also the way it's laid out. People say, man, you laid this out very interesting where I can go back and get nuggets. I can get quotables. You, you give me the full audio interview if I want it. Because people want content on their terms under their timetable. Let me repeat that. People want content under their terms under their timetable, not ours. So the book is written to kind of like be a buffet of knowledge that you can pick and choose what's relevant for you. Right, and I think that's very good. Now, in the book, you reveal seven key characteristics these trailblazers have in common. And a little bit earlier, I believe we featured one of them. So overall, what makes these characteristics so important? And maybe this will be somewhat a repeat of what you said, and if so, it's an important message to hear. Well, I think, if anything, the characteristics serve as a little checklist to remind us of what we should be focused on. It doesn't mean that they're absolute law, but they're, they're like a governing system to say, you know what, do I really have, you know, number four trait is lifelong learner. Um, what I find is most leaders, they're constantly learning. And if they think, well, you know, that's the way we've always done it, I can tell you what, I almost run out of the room. Because if I hear that uh -huh. from a company and their board or their leadership says, well, that's how we've always done it, I'm like, well, I'm not your guy. That means you have shut your mind down, you've stopped learning, and you know it all. And know-it-alls in the age of digital will become roadkill on the digital highway. Let me repeat that. Know-it-alls in the age of digital will become roadkill on the digital highway. The game is changing by the second, by the minute, by the hour. It's called lightning speed. In the age of digital, if you get too cocky, um, you're setting yourself up or your company or your employees up for a fall. So lifelong learning to me is one of those other seven. Let me give you the one that I think is most I think relevant. The seventh trait is you've got to have thick skin. You know, Adam, when we talked that day, you know, at Mandalay Bay, and you were going through a big personal crisis, which is important. I mean, that was consuming you. That yeah. point of the, my thought to you and looking you in the eye is, look, this is part of your journey. It's not fun. You will get through this. Welcome to the club. Um, you're going to have, as you grow your business and you move cross country, you're going to have haters. Please note this wherever you're listening. If you're making moves 
you're going to have haters. That's a good thing. doesn't mean you go out by design and make people mad at you, you're offensive and rude. That's not the point. But people are going to get jealous because they're going to go, man, I wish I could do that. Or they're going to say, well, that might be a little scary, Adam. Moving from Pittsburgh to Las Vegas, your family's here. Does this sound familiar, Adam? Oh, and, yes. And you know what? You should stay here. It's safer. They mean well, but they don't know your true driver, your intention, your dream. It doesn't mean they're bad. We love our families and friends. However, many times we're misunderstood, and that's okay because if you have thick skin, be prepared to hear a lot of no, get a lot of rejection. Some of your closest friends and family and lovers, they're not going to understand it at first. Some are going to leave you, and here's the other hard part. This is trailblazer wisdom. You're going to leave them, not because you don't love them. You can't be with them anymore, and um, that's life. That's realism. That's not sexy. That's not on Dr. Phil. But the price of success, Freddie's Trailblazers, comes at a cost. It's discipline. It's sacrifice. It's studying. It's being persistent. It's asking questions. And um, that's not easy to sell in a YouTube world where everybody wants a 10-year problem solved in a 60-second video. And, and that's, that's the challenge I see. Everyone wants it instantaneously. No, that's not how real leadership works. It's a period of time. It's like planting seeds. It's going to have to let the harvest grow over months and years so it sustains. And, uh, again, you can tell I'm getting fired up. A lot of these yeah. trailblazers, they're witnessing to me. When I'm interviewing them, they're really helping me out first. Then I take the information and share it with those in my circles, and then their circles spread it. That's the whole goal of putting the book out is to get these lessons out there to a much deeper audience in different ways and different venues. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, I saw a lot of that myself. I can go through a couple seasons in my life, one of which was, you know, between 2003 and 2005, I completed my MBA program. I did the here's your MBA level job. I turned them down. I started an entrepreneurial venture as a side hustle while getting promoted at my job. And I was kind of going back and forth between the two for a couple years. And then I had another one of those really bad days on November 19th, 2004. I, I mean, that is actually a landmark day in my life. And what it re revealed to me is exactly what I had to look forward to if I stayed at that job and didn't pursue my dream. And let's just say it wasn't anything to look forward to by any means whatsoever. So yep. not, knowing, not knowing what I needed to know and not even knowing what I didn't know I still took another eight months to get out of there. Somebody had come to me and said, look, uh, you know, I've seen you what you're doing with your business here, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, I'm a client of yours, and you do great work here, and we really need to get this show on the road for you, so here's what I'll do. And that's what he said to me. He said, I will give you $3,000. Not a loan, no strings attached. It was just give me your PayPal address. You will have $3,000 in 10 minutes. And... In exchange for that, on Monday, you need to show me your resignation letter. Wow. I didn't take him up on that because I did not have a reference for being able to get by for 60 days on $3,000. What I was also forgetting is because I knew I was leaving that job somehow and I didn't really have anything going but working on the side hustle, I maxed out on my PTO or paid time off. So the moment I left that job, I basically had the equivalent of two months of my regular paycheck coming to me anyway. So it's not like mm -hmm. I was going to leap out there and I wasn't going to have anything. In fact, I uh, got an apartment 
before my business realized any revenue other than from that one client. But that's an example right there is that guy probably had a moment of his where somebody said, look, I'm going to give you this money because I know that I'm going to get my investment in you back on this thousands of times. So take it and do what you got to do. But I just didn't that's have the frame of reference to see at the time. Uh, now, you know, going, going back, uh, even though he told me that on a Friday evening, uh, what I would have done is I would have – I was sitting at a cigar shop when he called me because I'd said, hey, man, I'm having a really crappy day here, and I need, your, uh, I need your inspirational brilliance to get me through here. And he called back, and uh, if, I, if this was – if I knew that today, then, what I know today, what I would have done as soon as I hung up with him is I would have called my boss's boss, the one who just revealed to me what I had to look forward to, basically, and said uh, – you know this whole thing that we were talking about for next week? Well, it's not happening because I'm not coming back. Uh, just uh, let me know how to cash out my PTO and we're done. Bye. Mm-hmm. And then I would have called him back and I said, I would have said, I just told her I'm not going back at all. I'll give you uh, a notarized copy of the letter I'm going to mail to her. That's what I would have done. But I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time. Correct. And thank you for sharing that, Adam. I mean, that's very real. And that happens to a lot of us. And uh, it defines, it helps us to remind ourselves to not get too cocky, that we, we, we've we been in darker spots. And it also reminds right. us, wow, look how far we've come. We, we grew through the fear. Yeah. That's the big thing is fear is okay. It's natural. It's human. Too many other authors and speakers out there, I see them on the stages. I almost want to chuckle or act like, you know, just positively motivate through everything in life. That's unrealistic. You're going to have bad moments. It's how you push through. I'm a big believer in motivation. That's what I love to teach. I believe it. I use motivation every day. I inspire people. But I'm also keenly aware at 46 years old, sometimes motivation is not going to solve a problem that took years to create. That's where you've got to have the skill set. You've got to have the knowledge. You've got to have mentors and coaches and books and YouTube videos to complement you, to push you through, because, again, it's not always solvable immediately. And that's the, the, the age right. of instant everything where people are getting duped. They're getting tricked. Well, I tried it five times, and it didn't work after, like, two days. Seriously? You quit your dream after two days of hearing five no's? Well, then shame on you. Go read a book about some of the people that have started huge companies that were turned down. Colonel Sanders, it's cliche, but it's so powerful. He's 65 years old. He has no money, and he starts going door-to-door, business-to-business, trying to sell this recipe. And I think it's, like, 1,100-plus times. Don't quote me the exact number. You can Google it, okay? He was turned down a 1,000 times. At 65 years old, that would have been humiliating for most people. Oh, that's below me. He's like, damn it, I'm selling this recipe. The rest is history. Hello, what's your excuse? Yeah. Not you, Adam. If you're listening right now, <laughs> I'm going to ask you um, to start asking for more. It's okay to fail forward, as John Maxwell, the brilliant leadership expert, has talked about. Get used to hearing no, because we're trained as people to tell each other no. It's a knee-jerk reaction. But the no's get you a little closer to maybe. A maybe gets you a little closer to a yes. But it might take 50 people giving you feedback until the 51st person says, you know what, Adam, I'll hire you for my web services. But 50 no's took you to the yes. And that's real-world stuff. It's not taught in college. You can't learn it in the Harvard Business Review case study. It's not sexy because it's grit. It's dirty. It's hard work. It's having thick skin. It's persistence. I just gave you two of the seven characteristics. You've got to be tough, persistent, and the seventh trait is you've got a thick skin to get through those 50 no's in that example. 
Well, in Colonel Sanders' case, it was a lot more than 50 no's, but we certainly exactly. get your point. <laughs> I, I mean, this is something that we all need to think about. And here's uh, – let me – let me share something else with you real quick. I love when these interviews turn into, you know, mastermind sessions for our listeners to sort of chime in on and listen in on. So I uh, worked with somebody maybe 10 years ago, and candidly, I didn't like the guy. I didn't get along with him. That said, it didn't stop me from embracing a piece of wisdom that he shared with me that has been incredibly powerful in opening my horizon. So, you know, I don't like the guy, didn't like him as a client, was happy when he was gone, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but he shared something with me that has rung in my mind and has been a driver for me. He got in on an airplane. He was going to a speaking engagement. And after they get everybody settled in, the stewardess comes by and she says, uh, peanuts or pretzels? And he says both. Okay. And these folks were, and these folks were looking at him like, you don't get both because there's this idea of what being quote unquote greedy means. Like who are you to get both? I mean, who gets both the pretzels and the peanuts? No, no, you only get one, but he didn't recognize that. So he got the peanuts and the pretzels. And here's the funny thing. Uh, about a half hour later, that same stewardess was coming through. Uh, she came and got his uh, little bags for his peanuts and his pretzels because he had eaten them. And she said to him, you want some more? He said, yes. He said, both, right? <laughs> I love it. So what this translates to, and I've had conversations with people on social media about this, it's a common tactic to create social media engagement to uh, say something like, well, peanuts or pretzels or chocolate or vanilla. You can go down many other avenues of where you have a binary choice. And my answer is usually both or neither. Somebody mm -hmm. points that out. It's like, why does this have to be a binary choice? Why do I only get to have chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Can't I have two scoops? What law is there that says I can only have one scoop of ice cream and I have to pick a flavor? I and love it, Adam. I use that, and I use that because I want people to think about where some of the limitations on themselves are actually coming from. And like I cover in my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, a lot of times it's that little stuff that's burrowed beneath the surface that's weakening our foundation, causing subsidence in the ground, and sort of weakening the foundation of what we're doing. So that would be a classic example. On Earth, the reason why it has to be a binary choice and then decide whether it needs to be a binary choice. And that is rich soil that you are taking out from the burrow and spreading in your yard so that the greener grass can be on your side of the fence. Well, Adam, uh, first off, great book. Congratulations on that Thank one. You. We promoted it last year when it came out, or in Groundhog's yep. Day. And brilliant, brilliant marketing to time it with a theme and the date. So kudos to you for getting yep. that out and sharing it. And uh, the story, you know, I was on a flight two weeks ago, and there was three options, granola, peanuts, and the crackers. Oh, excuse me, the biscuit bar was a Delta flight. And the flight attendant looked at me. I was hungry. I said, I'll take them all. And she looked at me pissed. And I thought, you know what? I said, I said she goes, what? I said, I'll take all three. And she kind of slowly turned around, pouting, kind of almost threw them at me. And I thought, wonderful. You know what? This is an abundance world. There's plenty of snacks. I'm almost going to probably hit platinum this year as a Delta flyer. You know what? I have right. no fear to ask for something that used to be free. And, you know, they used to get, you know, it's free, but they, now they, some airlines charge you for the snack. Right. I thought, good. I want to disrupt her paradigm that there's plenty and that, you know what? 
I'm not going to kowtow to her bad attitude. So I wasn't trying to be confrontational, but I watched body language as a speaker and a communicator and a coach. I thought, wow, I just completely frazzled her because I disrupted the blueprint. I didn't think binary, as you would say. I thought, let's go for the three digits. Let's go for all three. And I didn't explain to her. I was not going to say, I'm really hungry. We were delayed to get on this flight. Can I have all three, please? No, that's her job. She's supposed to be in service, not the angry flight attendant. I thought, you know what? Never stop asking. And if someone gets mad, you still got to look at them and smile and say, thank you. That's called growth. Yeah. Yeah, and there are some people, I want to run this by you, especially since we're talking about the environment of social media when we try and be trailblazers and we try and have opinions. And, Tony, have you ever been attacked by a troll who uh, tried to inject politics into one of your posts? Absolutely, and there's a couple options. Uh-huh. Delete, delete it, hide it, or just put like. Here's this, Let me give everyone maybe the big tip of the day on this. I like almost right. everything, even counter viewpoints. I put a like on it, and it shuts the troll up or the potential person that wants attention that's screaming, look at me, look at me, play attention. I just put a like on it and keep moving, or I'll put a happy face. I just keep moving. They're like, I, I don't know the reaction, but like, this guy's not going to tangle with me. Nope. I appreciate your feedback. I love freedom of expression. I love um, true democracies where counter viewpoints are welcome. But if you try to preach on me and engage me, I reserve the right to say, next, I'm moving on. Yeah. My time is valuable, Adam. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, I have various ways of doing it. I had a case where I was having a conversation with somebody, and this third person who I'd never met before just comes out of nowhere and starts blasting me and ends with um, and ends with the comment, if that's how you're voting, you get everything you deserve, and I'm going to laugh. So <laughs> I – yeah, so it was something like that. I mean, this was just a really, really nasty person. So I replied, and I said, I don't wish to speak. I don't, I don't wish to discuss this with you. And that got a response of how she's entitled to a response, and if I'm going to put my bloviations online, I better be ready to defend them as a public forum, and I owe her a response, and I replied, see above. Well, one of now, the trailblazers in the book is John Stossel. This is a wonderful segue, if I might run with us. Yes, go John Stossel is probably one of the more um, famous as far as large audience trailblazers in the book. He used to work on ABC 2020 with Barbara Walters, Hugh Downs, for many years oh, yeah. on that huge network. He's on Fox now. He has a show, Stossel. And yeah. when I interviewed him, I asked him, how did you switch from being, you know, um, you went to Princeton, very Ivy League, very liberal, far left. What made you switch to become a libertarian? And here's what he said in the interview. I'll paraphrase it. Well, I started to ask questions. Why do I always do it this way? That's the first characteristic of the trailblazer, intense curiosity. I mean, he, he walked right into it. He goes, what I realized is that, you know, people, if they have great ideas and ask the right questions, can solve problems. That is extremely rare that he became a libertarian. Libertarian, a lot of their viewpoint is very much don't tread on me. Not the old, you know, the Declaration of Independence era, the, the right. Revolutionary War thought. You see the flags don't right. tread on me. What he's saying is he's a lover of free speech. In free opinion. But if you try to force it on me, you've crossed the line, Sparky. Stop it. Right. And I reserve the right in a free democracy to say, I can walk away and just ignore you. And I recommend to a lot of people, if you're going to be trailblazing, you're going to have to learn, number seven again, thick skin. Because sometimes it's better to walk away from a fool than to argue with them. Because you waste your time, yeah. you lose your focus, and your energy. Those three things, are you've got to guard them. Your time, energy, and your focus. And so many people sacrifice it on these pissing matches online. I almost sit there and go, wow. And, and Adam, I'm not dumb. 
I know as I get out there and promote the book and go on a full U.S. tour, I'm going to have people that are not going to like me. I'm going to get negative reviews. Bring them. Sure. Not because I want to manifest them, but that's freedom of speech, baby. And you know what? That's okay. And I reserve the right to either engage, like, happy face you, or just move on. Because you don't, I don't own that's you. You don't true. own me. We have freedom. Right, right. I agree with that 100%. And, you know, I, there's one more piece to my story is I guess word got out that I told this person I didn't want to discuss it with them. And about three. But anyway, I guess there? I have a mutual connection. Tony. Oh, you were cutting out a little bit. Sorry. If you could repeat the last part. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, so basically what I was saying is um, I had a. Um, that exchange I had with that person turned out to be on a thread where I had a lot of mutual friends with the original poster. So it started mm-hmm. showing up in people's alerts, and I had people coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, oh, she gave you that nonsense too. Well, let me tell you about her. And I said, I've already told her about her. I don't need to know. I, I get it, but this is not where I'm going to allocate my energy going forward. Yep. Good point. And that's growth. And that's a trailblazer trade, Adam. You, you stepped out and said, boy, do I want to keep repeating this cycle that's not serving me, or do I want to grow and learn from it? And also, too, when people in the public square online do outrageous acts, they're usually looking for a couple things. Again, I'm not Dr. Phil, but you see patterns. They're screaming for attention. And that's the biggest gift you can give anyone on the positive front is the gifts of your time and your focus slash attention. And you see so many people acting out because they, they feel lonely or they're projecting their own anger on other people. It's classic psychology. I'm not going to play Sigmund Freud or Carl Jung here. But you see yep. it, you can see it a mile away, and you go, man, they need to get some help. Or say, you know what, why don't you pick up how to win friends and influence people <laughs> and just leave it there. Yeah. They get them so mad, they might go, well, maybe I should go look at that book. And they go, oh, my gosh, that person just gave me a big lesson that I was acting out and put all my drama online. I should step and look in the mirror. We don't know, but we have a decision to make. Are they going to let us take, are they gonna take away our time, our energy, or our focus? As I get older, Adam, I'm 46. Every day to yeah. me is a, more of a gift. My father died at age 46. I turned 46 two months ago. And there's a lot of symbolism right. coming up to this age in my, my life. And I told my children, who are now 21, 19, and 16 this year, I said, look, I made it. I made it to the age that my father died when I was 11. Now, I'm not trying to be sentimental here, but this is another core driver that keeps me motivated to stay healthy, to keep growing, to keep pushing the envelope, and uh, keep living because... We don't know what's going to happen. And, and I've had people say to me, look, you're living like this could be it. I'm like, I don't know when my number is going to be called. But I want to act right. as if every day could be the last. And you have to act it. You have to believe it in your mind. Not that I'm trying to draw death. But I want to say, you know what? I gave it all I could. I lived life full throttle. I made a lot of mistakes. I loved a lot. I had a lot of tragedy. I had a lot of triumph. And I hope that I had many more good days than bad. And these trailblazers, they inspire me to know that I'm going to have bad days. When you're out making big moves, when you're living your dream, and you're, you're creating, and you're, you have this curiosity, most of society does not like it, Adam Homie. They want you to conform. Right. And I'm not playing conspiracy crap. I'm not going to tilt far over no. the Ayn Rand philosophy, or Ayn Rand, who I love her work, but I disagree with certain points. That's the beauty of curiosity, is I want to be me, but I want to be informed. And I look and say, you know what, live your life at full throttle. Find your gift. Take it out there and share it. And keep growing. Life is not meant to be comfortable and safe and secure. Um, that's sold up and down the dial. Okay, and again, I'm not, that's a whole other interview. 
But if you're living right. at full throttle and engaged, plan on people not understanding you. They're going to think you fly the freak flag. Like, you're so happy. Uh-huh. You're always driven. You're always doing something. You're always doing. You're reading a book or you're going to a seminar. Um, why don't you just be settled in and be comfortable? You're greedy. You know, you're always thinking about this and that and that. Well, that's what the human mind is designed to do is create. We're the only animal or human, the human form, the animal on the planet, that can recall the past, live in the present moment, and plot our future. No other animal in the animal kingdom is given that gift. So I'm not going to get preachy here. My point is, why are we not utilizing our talents, our gifts? We forget it. We get suppressed. We get comfortable. We get a little lazy. And my mission is to spark a mind with this book, these interviews, uh, their wisdom I was gifted. And I'm going to take on the road and share, you know, God willing, the next 12 to 18 months on a full U.S. tour is to light the match. You've seen the cover. There's a match underneath Trailblazers. I love to watch when I teach. I'm given the gift of stage time is to watch someone's eyes go, click, I see I see it. Their mind goes, oh, my gosh, I, I didn't think of that. Oh, my gosh, I've got a great idea. I need to get it, I need to get it going today. Or, Tony, you know what, darn it, I'm going to present this idea at our next business meeting. Then I've done my job. We forget we have this inner genius, this leadership trailblazing quality. And, again, a lot of people listening to this are already trailblazers. Much more, they get the seven characteristics. But a lot of people, this is falling on them the first time. This is not taught at university. This is me 27 years since I met Tony Robbins in a bookstore, and I pulled his book off the shelf that my mind got lit on fire. And it's gone out at times. It's almost burned out, but I keep reigniting it again. You know, Adam, I'm going to say something I haven't shared a lot. 2013, I was in Las Vegas, July. I watched Bob Proctor, the great Canadian motivator on stage at CEO Space, giving a, a lecture. And I was just about ready to walk out of the personal development industry. I'd had it. And I'd come off a relationship that was almost dead. I had an event in California that I lost a lot of money on, um, a lot. And I thought, you know what, is this really worth it anymore? Because I saw so much hypocrisy. I'm not going to name names because I've learned wisdom and discretion. But there were some yeah. big names in the personal development industry that could have helped me with the event, that could have put their, their, their support behind it. Some of them showed up. And during day two at events, say, hey, you actually pulled it off. Like, we're not going to support you, but we're here to, to kind of snoop on you and spy on you. And I just had to look at them and say, you know what, uh-huh. we did. By the grace of God and a good team and these speakers and the reputation I built, we did. And thanks for being here. And it wasn't to show them up, but i got to tell you, I was pissed after the event. Right. When I, went to the, when I went to CEO space two months later and watched Bob Proctor, I thought, you know what, you can quit right now or you can do some soul searching and take a couple weeks and reflect on your life, and journal, and walk away for a couple weeks, and really think and ponder and pray on this decision. And I'm glad I took that two, three weeks to ponder. And I came back, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to give up my dream because of other people, because I was disappointed, because I lost a lot of money, because I had people that I was embarrassed about that didn't show up, people that did show up that, you know, I saw so much more good at them, homie, that I had to take a step away and go, really think about your dream. How bad do you want it? Because, um, you know, it was it was pretty intense. I'm okay to share that story now five years later, but, man, I was embarrassed right. for fears um, just on multiple fronts. But I realized there's always a gift from um, the valley. Seth Godin, when the Trailblazers, talks about the dip. That's the low point, the dark night of the soul. And um, I had a two- or three-month window there the summer of 2013 after my event where I was really in the dip. 
And, uh, you know, a month after that, that dark night of the soul, those two weeks, I had a relationship end about a month after that. So I went through two major body blows or mental, you know, smack in the heads to say, okay, you've got to rethink your life, Tony. You've got to really rethink how bad you want it and those that are in your circle. So um, that's just being real. And um, I'm comfortable now five years later to share that, but it's taken a few years to process that, Adam. Right. Right, right. So uh, I think this will be a good time to transition to one other thing we wanted to cover here. See, as we've already discovered, you're a big believer in the power of positive thinking combined with what you describe as option-based thinking. So let's define that term because I think that's a great way to bring some of this stuff together and then add to it. Well, if at first you fail, try again and again and again. The simplest story I can paint for when listening is to paint a picture. Is Imagine a 9- or 10-month-old child that starts to crawl and then starts to get up and stand up. At around usually 11 to 12 months, they want to walk. And it's a progression of failure. Imagine if every one-year-old child stood up, made their first walk across the living room, and they said, you know what, man, I hit my goal. I'm going to quit. And the one-year-old said, I don't want to walk anymore. Or thought, you know, maybe I hit the goal. I can let mom and dad carry me around. I can be in the car seat. You know, I can be in the baby carriage. I'll just crawl. What if... Kids did that. Now, here's the parallel to adults. Most adults, because you look at how unhappy people are, just turn on the television, the Internet, um, survey says a lot of people are very unfulfilled with their jobs, their careers. They're, they're, they're just not following the dream. They've, they've maybe gave up on it. But most adults do the same thing mentally. They get their college degree. Um, they stop learning. Well, I watch videos every now and then. Well, they don't go on and get continued education. They don't read any books. They don't listen to audiobooks. However you decide to consume information, you should keep learning. But they kind of go, oh, I got this figured out. They settle. Um, and I look at that and say, you know what? What would a child do? Why are we quitting so soon? And I know that may sound different, but I'm going to ask you, if you're listening right now, to really sit down and evaluate what have you given up on or you forgot that you used to be into because someone talked you out of it or you had someone in your life that crashed into your world that maybe – they talked to you, down to you, and said, you can't do that. Or they threatened you. Or maybe it's coworkers that laugh at you. And you have to ask yourself, if you live to be 80 or 100 years old, do you want to look back on your life and go, damn it, I should have went after that. And I don't care if you're 30 years old listening, if you're 50 or you're 90 listening. There are so many people out there that reinvent when they know they're ready to. It doesn't always arrive on schedule. But they say, you know what, I've had enough. I'm going to go after this. And I don't care what people say anymore. I'd rather find out in my younger first half of life than the second half. Just a preference, okay? My mom, I've never said this in interview, is 80 years old. Adam, she just finished her fourth book last year, writing it. She goes to D.C. and she takes on unions. And she's in front of congressmen and women. She's out doing events. She's out, you know, got doing legal um, work, you know, discovery. She takes on unions. My mom is a trailblazer. And people go, well, that's your mom. You know what? My mom is an ass-kicking 80-year-old woman that has no fear. And I've told her, I've said the last couple of years, I'm like, Mom, I am so proud of you. You've been a heck of a role model. Not perfect, but, man, you are out there taking on people and standing up in the face of um, power, and you have no fear. So my mom is an inspiration. I know it's not maybe the most sexy thing. It's, she's not in the book, but I can tell you her influence is in me. Absolutely, my mom has influenced me a ton. And I'm grateful to have that kind of upbringing. Right. And, you know, I have a story that's 
little bit of a smaller story, but it still sticks with me. Uh, my uh, my grandfather, who lived next door, would uh, ha- have me, when I was a kid, help him with some of his projects. Like if he was putting new steps on the house, uh, uh, cutting his grass, you know, things like that. Uh, for Usually for a little bit of money, because I was already enterprising, wanted to have my own coin. Mm-hmm. And... And he was one of those people that would constantly complain. He's like, you're the laziest person I've ever seen. Who taught you how to put up stairs? Who taught you how to cut grass? I mean, it's just the way he was. I don't think he meant anything bad by it. So one day, uh, I think this was actually working on one of those sets of steps he was adding to one of the the doors on the house. Uh, He said, you know, you better use your brain and make enough money so you can hire somebody to do this for you because you ain't got shit when it comes to building steps. And I said, I plan on it. I, now, now, you have a few other relatives, and you get the usual, how could you be so disrespectful? Go to your room and all this other stuff. Then I look yep. at him, and he's giving me this nod like, yep. Good stuff. That's what he wanted me to say. Because he, want, he, want, he wanted me to focus on uh, a path that I could possibly take that maybe he didn't even see for himself. But he saw my opportunity, and he saw that's something I could do. Well, Adam, one of the characteristics, this is a great transition to your story, and thank you for that, is um, number six trait of the seven is they focus on their strengths. And what he was telling right. you is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in that line of work, young man. Find something that you're better at. <laughs> so that was, right. your, your grandfather was a trailblazer. And everyone listening, you're trailblazers. I'm trying to say, look, go back and look at these successful clues and rework them and, and accelerate what you're good at and focus more on that, your gift. Everyone's got a unique gift, a talent, a core message. And if there's things that you have a deficiency in, maybe you want to study about, hey, how do I um, solve more problems? How do I get my vision? Maybe pick up a book on creativity, a book on PowerPoint design. Maybe read a biography right. of Steve Jobs. But what can you do to plus what you're good at and also learn some new skills that will have a higher chance to make you even more successful at what you want to pursue? Right, right. And, you know, I think that's a great – this is a great opportunity for us to transition into where we go next here. I mean, you have this book, uh, Trailblazers, Leadership Lessons from Tall Pioneers Who Beat the Odds and Influence Millions. I saw the advanced copy, and I just got my official copy that I'm going to be reading through here in the next couple of days. I'm really excited to see some of the things that you mentioned cool. on this call that I might have missed in the first reading. So how can people get this book? Well, Adam, thank you, sir. I'm glad you got the book. Um, Really easy. They can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. The best way if they want more value is that we've got some bonuses. Go to mindcapturebook.com. Again, mindcapturebook.com. You'll see a video from me. We're also going to have a contest that we announce uh, if you get the book in the the next couple weeks. So I'm not sure when this will air, but um, that way we we can stay in touch. But um, just delighted to be on your show. There's been so many great people that have helped get the message out. I'm doing a lot of media right now. And I'm grateful you moved our interview up. So thank you for uh, jumping on the Mind Capture Army uh, launch team, Adam. Right. I really appreciate it. Well, any, anything to help, as you said. So uh, Tony Rubleski, author of Trailblazers, Leadership Lessons from 12 Pioneers Who Beat the Odds and Influence Millions. Thank you so much for taking time to share with us today. It's been an honor and an education. You are welcome, my friend. Keep up the good work. All right, for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win the game of business and marketing so you thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.